building, the ABCs of building. And so before I get stuck in, would you just watch this video clip for uh, a few seconds? Thank you, team at back there. <laughs> I could do some help for you to finish on that. Walk. Not yuck. Walk. Okay? 
Now, whether you're, whatever you're building in your life, maybe you're building a family, you need wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Maybe you're building a marriage. Uh, whether you've just started out or you're many years down the road, to build a marriage, you need wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And if we're building our own lives, which is what I want to focus on this morning, we need those three things there as well. And we, uh, we need to understand that we need wisdom, understanding, and knowledge in order to build our own lives. Did you know that your life is a building site? Your life is under construction. You're not finished yet. And God isn't finished with you yet. Say to the person next to you, you're not finished yet. <laughs> God hasn't finished with you yet. You can say amen or not as you want to, whether you want to be finished or not yet, but God hasn't finished with you yet. Now, has anybody here ever bought a brand new house off plan before it's ever been built? They bought a brand new house off plan. Did someone put their hand up over there? Oh, Jackie, you've got a brand new, you bought a brand new house. So it wasn't built, you saw the designs, and you gave them your money, and then they built the house. What was the very last thing that went into that house before you moved in? The very last, this is Chrissy, because she might say the wrong thing, might she? <laughs> the last thing before you opened that door and moved into the house, what had to go into it? Furniture. Huh? Carpets, furniture, all that kind of stuff. Phew. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the things that go into the house last are the nice things, if you like. The furniture, the carpets, the ornaments, that sort of thing. And it says here in this verse that knowledge is what fills the rooms of our lives with rare and beautiful and precious treasures. The knowledge, if you like, is the last thing that goes into our house. All the beautiful finishing touches come last. Now, if you want a definition of knowledge, knowledge is information and facts that you have gathered by study or experience in your life. Information and facts that you've gathered by study or experience. It's stuck in your head. Okay? And obviously, the writer of Proverbs expects us to be thinking when we read in this verse about knowledge, he expects us to be thinking Bible knowledge, knowing about God knowing about the things of God. And knowledge is a good thing. Put up your hand if you would like to be ignorant. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew you said, please listen carefully before I say this, and don't just put your hands up, but I call someone out. You do not, we cancel that, you do not want to be ignorant. Knowledge is a good thing, but knowledge on its own won't be enough to establish your life. And it won't be enough to build really, really well. Even the devil can quote the Bible. So just quoting the Bible and having knowledge is not enough in itself. Knowledge is a little bit like the accessories, all those nice extras. We can't live without it. And a house wouldn't be very nice to live in if it was just a bare shell without all the lovely accessories. But it's no good putting beautiful things into a house that's been badly built. When we were away earlier in the year, I always like to watch the BBC News when we were um, away so we keep in touch with what's going on in good old England. And I was watching with fascination this story uh, during the floods in the north of England. I don't know if someone who saw it or not. It was this castle in Scotland and the River Dee has sort of flooded and the banks were increasing as the, the 
blood washed away the banks. And this castle was built very, quite near to the river, not right on the river bank. But as the blood washed away the river bank, the bank came right up to the castle. Did anyone else see that on the news? And they were really concerned because the castle wasn't actually on a uh, really good foundation, that this castle was going to kind of tumble into the river D, and they had to uh, evacuate it, abandon it. And of course, all the beautiful things in that castle would have gone in the river and been washed away, been worn down. And in actual fact, they managed to rescue it. So it was a happy ending for that particular castle. But the things may be very beautiful in, in a building, but if the building isn't built well, then they're not very useful. And you probably all know some really clever, knowledgeable, intelligent people in your life who are either not very nice Knowledge in itself is just one element in the building project that's your life. And we need it, don't neglect opportunities to get it and invest in yourself, but realise it's just one part of the equation. And the next thing we read in that the verse of Proverbs is that by understanding the house is established. I'm working backwards here a bit today, okay? You can do that, you can go backwards. And understanding is where knowledge in your head moves into your heart and your actions. It actually affects the way that you live. Understanding is when you grasp something, you get it, and it translates into how you act and behave. It's kind of about using knowledge properly. Now, when I was 17 years old, I decided I wanted to learn to drive. It's kind of a bit of a rite of passage, isn't it, learning to drive? And uh, my mother persuaded my father that this would be a good fathers should do with their daughters, they should sort of teach them to drive. She didn't drive herself, so she couldn't volunteer, but she persuaded my father that he should teach them to drive. And uh, those of you that know my dad may or may not be able to imagine this, but my dad sat me down and he said, well, if you're going to drive my car, you have to understand how it works. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to get in that car and turn the key and go down the road, you know, at reasonable speed, but no, two whole weeks. Every evening, I had a half-hour lecture on the working of the internal combustion engine and the clutch. Because he wanted me to understand what I was doing when I drove the car. Now, it's obviously at the time, it was exceedingly frustrating. But even now, someone's maybe put my foot on that clutch. I can imagine those clutch plates separating and changing speed and coming together all nice and smoothly as I raised my foot again. I still remember that understanding that my dad gave me to go on top of the knowledge that I had. And uh, that, that's how it works with understanding. Understanding helps you to apply knowledge. And the writer of Proverbs is encouraging us not just to have knowledge in Scripture, not just to know about God, but to use that understanding and knowledge to make a difference in our lives. Okay? Life is not just a printed book. It actually is a living book that can change our lives on a daily basis. So if you want your life to be strong and established, use understanding and apply your knowledge. And finally, now did you know there's two sorts of finalism? There's a finally like this, <laughs> and there's finally like this. <laughs> and this finally is like this because it's really my main point, the thing I really want to talk to you about. So when I say finally, I don't mean that I'm going to sit down and write in minutes, maybe, we'll see. Anyway, but finally, Proverbs tells us this, it's by wisdom that a house is built. 
Thank you, Steve, for sharing that verse this morning in the offering. You set us up really well for this sermon. But listen, it's no good just having a pile of furniture in a field. You've got to have, or you know, a pile of bricks, if you like, by the edge of the road. You've got to have a good building to put these things into. Now, who would like to try to find wisdom for me this morning? Anybody? I haven't got a microphone in my hand, that's unfortunate. I'll repeat what you say. Fear of the Lord. Doing what you know. And what's better than your bank account? Do you know all these things are true and right? Charles Spurgeon said, Wisdom is not a rule book. She's an attitude guiding how we live. And here's the things the Bible says about wisdom. In Proverbs 4 it says, Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't get my words or turn on them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, because she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Paul says, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom in Ephesians. And Jesus came, it tells us in Isaiah, with the spirit of wisdom and understanding and in Psalm 111, it tells us what John said, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. James tells us if we lack wisdom, we should ask God for it, because he gives it generously. So this is good news. If you think you haven't got wisdom this morning, you can ask God, and you can get a hold of it. But what we see here is that wisdom is actually a spiritual quality. It comes from God. It's in the very nature of God. And I want to read a verse to you that I should have got on the overhead for you to follow. But it's James 3, 17. And this is what it says. It says, the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, willing to yield to others, full of mercy and good fruit. It shows no favoritism and is sincere. Now, did you notice there, all those things are character qualities. The Bible says the wisdom from above is those things, it's character qualities. And sometimes we think wisdom is sort of sitting down somewhere in a chair, giving good advice to people. And actually, if you're wise, you will be able to give good advice to people, but wisdom isn't giving good advice. Wisdom comes from who you are and from your character. That's the start being able to give good advice to people. I've never noticed somebody with bad character giving good advice to somebody. Wisdom starts with good character. And of course, it's when pressures and challenges come on life that we really know what our character is like, I guess. But secondly, wisdom is good character. Wisdom is good character. So here's the obvious question then. What forms character in our lives? How do we form good character in our lives? That's really important that we understand this, whether it's our own lives, our children's lives, our disciples' lives. We need to understand how we form good character, because actually it doesn't just happen. Or it may do, but not really very well. It's better if we're intentional about this kind of thing. So what forms character in our lives? Well, here's the ABC of my title, if you like, because I uh, believe that character is built by our behaviour and the choices that we make. 
And I believe that our behavior results from our attitudes. So our attitudes give rise to our behavior, which forms our character. A, B, C. Ready? Attitudes, behavior, character. And good character doesn't actually happen in a moment of crisis. It's got already there. It will show itself in a moment of challenge or crisis, but it's got already be there in your life. You build good character into your life by every small decision and action in everyday life. It's the small decisions and actions of everyday life that builds character into us. And that's really important. Many people try and change their behaviour, that's a pretty good thing to do. But actually, you've got to go a step further back and change your attitudes. How you see things, what you really believe, what your priorities are, what you really think. That's where you start in your uh, attitude to then change your behaviour and build your character. For instance, this is the time of year, isn't it, where um, some of us think, oh, I really should lose those few pounds, that extra few pounds at Christmas time or whatever it is. And so we know, we have the knowledge that if we eat less and food more, that would help with our decision that we just made. So we want, that's what we want. We want the, the outcome of some weight loss, and so we want our behaviour to be that we eat less and move more. But what is our attitude behind that going to be? I don't know if anyone's like me, but you know, there's a lot of things. Look, we have a lot of things to celebrate in this church. There's always someone's birthday or someone's wedding or someone's something. And actually, I know my attitude can be, oh, you know, it's just, it, I can't not join in. Or, oh, I've had a hard week, I deserve this. Oh, I, I don't want to look sort of different in front of everybody. And that can be playing in my head. So what does my behaviour do when I actually get into that situation? I, <laughs> okay, but my I want the right act, I want the right character, I want the right outcome, but my attitude sets me up to fail in my behaviour. Am I making sense here? Whereas if my attitude was I am really going to be victorious this year in this area of my life and no one is gonna put me off and no situation is gonna put me off, my attitude would then determine my behaviour and I would Good outcome that I wanted in my life as I built it. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay, so attitude is really, really important. The Bible tells us be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says that in Romans 12, verse 2. And that is one of the most powerful, powerful verses in the Bible. If we want to build godly, successful, solid, strong, lives we have to think right. I'm really serious. We can't be sloppy in how we think. We can't, you know, be indulgent if you like. We've got to choose the right godly attitudes. Did you know that your human brain is growing and developing all through your life? It's not just something that happens in your childhood. All your life, your brain is making new neural pathways and cells and so on. And here's how it works. When you repeatedly think something, your brain actually physically grows a little neural pathway. That's quite scary, isn't it? You keep thinking something, whether it's good or bad, your brain is making a little physical pathway 
in your head. And every time you think that thought, you strengthen that pathway. That's why there are some really serious addictions that are out in our society today, because we keep strengthening pathways that we shouldn't strengthen in our head. And every time you don't use that way of thinking, that pathway will weaken. I don't know what to say. I find it, I find it actually a really scary thought that I'm, I'm putting physical matter inside my head, growing things inside my brain by the way I think. Everyone's so quiet. But listen, if we always choose to think critical thoughts about somebody, your brain is forming a little pathway in your head, and every time you think that critical thought about that person, you're just adding some more tarmac on that little pathway and strengthening it. And every time you choose to be positive or grateful in the situation, you're going to grow that pathway in your brain, and you're going to make that stronger. And the stronger it is, the easier it's going to be to walk on it the next time that you come into that situation. So how we think is really, really important. And changing our, our outward behaviour won't help us to make long-term right choices in life. We've got to change our attitudes. Paul says, think about whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy. He knew what he was talking about. He knew how important our attitude is for us. There's a guy called Daniel Goleman, and he's a psychologist who coins the term emotional intelligence, which means not just how brainy you are, but how emotionally competent you are in life, if you like. And he says, We've got to work at developing right attitudes, right habits, and right disciplines if we want to succeed in life. But he's not a Christian, but he understands that we've got to build our house right if we want to succeed and not have some of the catastrophes that we saw earlier on. You can probably think of some characters in the Bible whose lives really didn't go so well and they didn't realise all of God's blessings were really because of a failure in their character. Samson comes to mind straight away, and I'll probably ask you all for examples. Character really matters, and so our behaviour and attitudes have to line up. When you read the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus spent a lot of his early ministry shaping and forming the disciples' attitudes. Have a look next time we read it. He gave them, in the second half of the Gospels, he often gave them opportunities to do things and have a go at things and try it out for themselves. Pick them up again, it didn't go so well. But in the first part of the Gospels, he's usually shaping and changing their attitudes because he knew that was really important in their journey. Do you remember when they were squabbling about who was going to be the greatest among them? He, he was sort of listening in and they're having this debate. He was going to be the greatest among them, who would be the greatest among And he had to adjust that thinking and say, Listen, whoever's the least among you is the greatest. I've come to serve, not to be served. And he went for that attitude. And actually in the same chapter, in Luke chapter 9, the Samaritans reject Jesus when he goes to their village. And the disciples say, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and blast them all? Actually, it's quite incredible. They thought they would be able to do that, I think. <laughs> but actually Jesus has to say, guys, that's not the way we do things. Don't do it like that around here. He was constantly adjusting their attitudes. It's a little bit like bringing up children. How many parents are there here today? Quite a few of us are parents. 
Okay. Well, we have to train our children. And we don't just train them by correcting their behavior. We have to shape their attitudes. Is that right, parents? You can't just say, don't touch that. Well, you could. And if it isn't hot, that would be sensible. But actually, all you're doing then is teaching them to be obedient. You're not actually training them with that understanding and giving them the right attitude that they can transfer to another situation. When we're bringing up our children, we have lots of Bible verses that helped us. And one that we particularly like doesn't just work for parents, it works for you in any situation. I want to share it with you today. And if you want to build your house well, if you want to build your life well, this is something I recommend to you. And it's the verse of Song of Songs 2.15. And it says this for us, catch for us the little foxes. The little foxes that ruin the vineyards. And the picture there is this vineyard growing and it's early in the spring and all the little leaves are out and the very start of the grapes are there. But these little foxes or little whatever animals they were in that day would get into the vineyard and hide among all the new greenery and the person who was tending the vineyard wouldn't be able to see them. And so then when the grapes grew and were ready to be used, the little foxes would scuff them all and steal them and take away that harvest. And so that was a real principle for us when we were bringing up our children. The little foxes are what ruins the vineyard. It's the little attitudes and the little behaviours that actually ruin the vineyard. So if you want to build a great life, look out for the little attitudes going on in your head. The little behaviours that are going to destroy what you're actually wanting to build. A lot of those buildings went down when it was just a crack, a small crack, and then it widened and became unsustainable. So it's really important to notice the boxes. I imagine most of you, your parents, you, you would probably want your little darlings to grow up being polite and confident and persevering kind of adults. Is that a fair? Put those things on your wish list. So what do you do, for example, when you're trying to see a name that isn't represented here in the congregation? Little Freddie, there's no Freddies here. What do you do when you go to visit Great Aunt Agatha one day and it's time to go home and you say to your little Freddie, come and say goodbye to Great Aunt Agatha now. Please come and say goodbye. You want your little dear to go and look Auntie Agatha in the eye and say goodbye to her. And your little dear, of course, this has never happened to your aunt ever, and I might tell you who it was later if you ask me, but actually they're not here. <laughs> so, no, they don't want to say goodbye to Great Aunt Agatha, so you take them aside and you say, right, we're going to do this again, we really want you to say goodbye to Great Aunt Agatha. And they say, no, I'm too tired, oh, no, I am too tired to say goodbye to Aunt Agatha. And they said 11 words, and you only wanted them to say one. You say, hang on a minute. Huh? You've got one too. <laughs> and you think, hang on, you're too tired to say one word, but you've just said eleven. That's kind of not where this is kind of being very helpful. Now, does it matter? Yes. I've got some yeses around there. Well, I think it matters actually. Now, if Freddie thinks it's okay not to have to be polite when you're tired, that's going to be a problem in his life later on, isn't it? Because you're training him that it's okay not to do something when you're tired. And so if you say, okay, it doesn't matter, 
even get one less identity. So we might just say, I'm tired, and then I don't have to do it again. And tiredness is a reason not to do something. Now, actually, of course, I, I'm not recommending that you go head to head with Freddie when he's totally exhausted and you perhaps allowed him to get like that in and he's never had this challenge in his life before because we, we build these things in, don't we, and by, by regularly addressing them. But if you always let him up with that answer, you're strengthening that little attitude in his head that I don't have to do something if I'm tired, which gives rise to this behaviour that I won't do again. And so that's the character that you're going to build in that little lad. If you let him get away with that attitude. Do you, do you see where I'm kind of going this? By the way, one of the number one protests of employers who interview people who are young adults wanting to get into university or get a job is that they don't look them in the eye and actually talk directly to them. So, you know, it's important what we train our children in. And now I have neatly divided this congregation into two between those of you who do not have children and are smugly feeling that that would never happen to you and that you're going to do, we'll definitely say goodbye to our Agatha and the rest of us who are parents. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that fair? Now, I could have written a number of examples here. Um, I could think about how you foster an attitude of gratitude in your children. That's very corny, isn't it? I didn't mean to say that, it slipped out. But anyway, if you want your children to be grateful, how are you going to encourage that attitude in them? Know. Do, do you, I don't know, do you make them be grateful for the food that you cook for them or do you cook something separate for them and just let them only eat the things that you know they like, for instance? Now, listen, this isn't actually supposed to be a sermon on parenting, I'm getting carried away here. It's supposed to be a sermon on how we build our own lives, but it's exactly the same principles as the little boxes that trip us up. It's the little attitudes that start in our head find their way into our behaviour, but then get built into our character. And uh, I just want to say here, by the way, um, we're going to watch this straight after the meeting, so it's not that we are too tired to come to the parenting tonight, so we're not here, I just want to tell you that. But listen, if you say, I'm too tired to go to the prayer meeting, your children will think that it's okay to be not go to the prayer meeting when you're tired. So think about what's going on in you, because this isn't just about children, it's about us. We, um, we once, as a family, we were going to uh, the dentist all together when the children were little, and Clive was very engaged in something that he wanted to finish, he really didn't want to break off and go to the dentist, and so he said, oh, do we have to go to the dentist? And uh, these little eyes looked at him and said nothing, and then we all got in the car and went to the dentist, and of course we get into the surgery, and Caris says, Daddy, which one is the blooming dentist? <laughs> so, I want to encourage you, if you want to be wise in your life, think about the character qualities that you want to see in yourself. Watch your behaviour and be honest about your attitudes. Think about, are those behaviours and attitudes going to form that godly, wise character that you want in your life? Because it's, and it's not just about stopping negative things, it's about actually intentionally bringing positive things. That's super important for kids as well, isn't it? But in our own lives, we want to develop the positive things, not to just stop ourselves doing the negative things. And if you're around this, start with the fruit of the Spirit. Start somewhere like that. There's some great things.
So that's tuning to be like. Who knows the fruit of the spirit? Every love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's great things there to be thinking about. Or you could try and be more foolishness, which is the opposite of wisdom, and uh, see what to avoid in your life. But listen, I, I don't want to just give you a theoretical sermon this morning. I'm not trying to just give you knowledge. I want to give you that desire to build your life well. I want you to have that desire that your life is not going to fall over like those houses did that we saw at the beginning. I want us all to be strong, established in God and on God and successful in all of the purposes that he has for each one of us. And so my uh, encouragement this morning is that we need all those three things. We need wisdom, we need understanding, and we need knowledge. We won't just change sitting on the sofa. We change as we go about our daily lives and adjust our thinking and adjust our behaviour. And all those little repeated actions build our character, which is what makes us wise in life. Attitudes lead to behaviour. Behaviour leads to character. And we have to choose. We have to choose the right things. And that's the ABC, if you like, of developing and building a strong life in God. And I want to conclude with by giving you some homework. Can I do that? Yeah. Can I have to give you some homework? You can follow this up in cells if you want. Who knows, building actually does take some effort and hard work. It takes some effort. Have you ever tried to build it? It doesn't just happen by itself. We've got Paul in this moment. Never live with us unless you want to be sermon fodder, is my advice. I know, I didn't tell you about that, but there you go, I'm just warning everybody else. But um, Paul's living with us at the moment. Paul is, um, what would you like to call yourself? Um, a budding builder, okay? Paul is, is self employed, working as a builder and constructing and fixing and sorting and mending and building this. He comes home every evening and he's pretty really tired, number one, and he's pretty grubby, number two. <laughs> and sometimes he comes to give you a little hug and you sort of do one of these arms little hugs and start praying for your washing machine to cope with the challenge that he's brought to our hands. But seriously, building is hard work and it's tiring. It, it doesn't just happen. So if, if you want to build this week, who, would, who wants to build this week? Build well in your life this week. It's going to take a little bit of effort. And what I would like to give you home with is this. Think of or ask the Lord of a character attribute that you would like to develop or improve in. Something you know that actually God's putting his finger on in your life. Maybe you that I really would like to be more patient. Or you would like to be more joyful. Or you would like to be more thankful. Or any of those other fruits of the Spirit that we talked about. Something that God wants out to you. If you really can't leave me, just ask for a spouse. <laughs> they always have a suggestion. <laughs> or you could ask your child, they could probably help too. Or your cell leader could help you as well. But think of something when you think, God, I think you're doing anything wrong this in my life today. And then just watch yourself this week. You get a fly on the wall in your own life. Just fly on the wall to that translate to other cultures. You know, where you're sort of looking in, you know, sort of watching what's 
going on. So look at yourself, look at what you do. Catch the thinking behind your action. What's going on in your head that made you behave like that? And does it all line up with what God says? You do need some knowledge there, you need to know what God says. Does what I'm doing and what I'm thinking line up with what God says? And if it doesn't, Change! <laughs> change. Let's change our attitudes, change our behaviors, and build our lives. That's how to be wise. That's how to build something that will not collapse when problems come along and difficulties come. That's how to build something that will be beautiful and strong and purposeful and established in the kingdom of God. Would you like your life to be like that? Amen. Amen. Well, let's have a week of really building well in our lives as we get all these principles and see what God will do with it.